Hi, welcome to the Haven Youth Church Podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message encourages you and empowers you to be all God created you to be. We love you. Welcome to the family. It's spooky season. Um, Ghosts and goblins are about... um, people People are posing as dead people everywhere you look. Uh, many of them, most of them probably, are dead. Just don't know it. Um, there was a while ago, there was a movie. There was a movie that, that involved a, a young boy who had a, a problem, <clears throat> a... Uh, um, a psychological, I guess, problem, and uh, and the issue was he was seeing dead people, and he would actually see them and their, and he would see like the how they died and all this kind of stuff, and uh, he actually had a psychiatrist, as it were, uh, who was trying to work with him through it, who also was dead but didn't know it. Um, and so this, of course, is the, um, the sixth sense. Um, I didn't watch it. I watched the documentary of it. Um, so for those of you who are, um, turning me off already because of the devil box. And so the climactic moment of the film was when the boy looks at the psychologist and all around him in the room, and the the and the uh, all the rooms across the way of his room, and all this kind of stuff, he says, "I see dead people." Um, certainly, an obsession in our culture uh, with um, death and with dying, um, and with the dead in general. Um, a new phenomenon in our culture, probably, with zombies and vampires, um, and so a bit of a bit of obsession of an obs- a, a relatively new, I guess, obsession over this afterlife. So much so that I don't know if you've seen them, but I've seen like vehicles that are like zombied out, right, and. Named after, like the the we have we have auto brands that are actually like, they're, I guess there's like, limited edition vehicles that are named after, these shows. Again, I don't watch these shows because obviously the Lord has uh, gripped my heart and told me to stay away from them. So, um, you know, if you think that's legalistic, take it up with the Lord. So I don't watch those, but probably you do, and. Uh, <clears throat> So, I'm just really not interested, honestly. But uh, my life is consumed with Bluey. Um, yeah. So, uh, and Peppa the Pig. And, right. So, if you know, you know, and that's just that, right? So, uh, yeah. But, uh, for the record, I, I'm not one that believes in, like, I don't believe in zombies. I don't believe in the zombie apocalypse. Although, we've seen some craziness, like, in the news lately, in the last few years, with these methamphetamines and stuff, like people have literally been like, 
walking around thinking they're zombies and eating people, trying to eat people because they're high out of their mind, right? Like this is what these, some of these um, methamphetamines, I guess, are causing people to trip out and hallucinate like this, right? Which is really bizarre, right? But I don't believe in like, I, when you die, the Bible says you are present, right, with the Lord. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. It's not like there's an in-between where you hang out and you eat people, right? And so so we don't believe in, we don't believe in, in ghosts uh, in that regard. We do believe in the ghost, the Holy Ghost, amen, uh, but we don't believe in ghosts like spirits that are stuck in the in-between. And and so tonight we are talking about we are talking about uh, seeing dead people, right? And so I don't know what I don't know I don't know how many people like that like like Bruce Willis and his I guess it was his son, right? I don't know how many people are aware that you sit next to that you do life with that you that you flip burgers next to that you are doing school next to. I don't know how many of them are aware that there are dead dead in sin they are dead in the trespasses of their sin but there are dead people everywhere you look and i do know this there's only one way you can save a dead person that is dead in the flesh or dead in the spirit rather and that is if one becomes dead in the flesh and alive in the spirit and brings that one that's dead to life amen and so peter says you are the christ in our text and it begins to begins to we see throughout the life of Peter we see this intimacy that he uh, that he enjoys with Jesus Christ and so who will rescue us from this body of death who is the one that is our liberator from the chains of safety Peter knew him to be the Messiah the rescuer who will so grip our hearts that we lay loose of our fears none but Christ who has the power to transform these weak these broken vessels into agents of life of health of liberty of justice but one Peter knew him as the Christ who can take these feet hands who can take these these inefficient stammering lips and turn them into the power of God none but Jesus Christ hallelujah unto God who can take the tragedies of our past the failures of our yesterday and use them for the triumphs of the kingdom and the triumphs of the future one and his name is Jesus Christ and Peter knew this one who can take our shame and make it oh so glorious? Who can take the foolishness and make it into the wisdom of the day? Who can take weakness and manufacture strength? None but Jesus. Who can raise up from death? Who can, who can, who can take the one and plant them indestructible and immortal with Christ? One but Jesus. Who can take death? and make it live who is sufficient for these things oh but God who but God who but God as the old song says who but God who can do such things as these who but God who but God Peter says you are indeed the Christ you're here tonight Jeremiah that was for you just so you know <clears throat> Peter says you are indeed the Christ. It was you. It was you. You who walked 
the beaches of Galilee. You who we did not know, but you looked at us and you said these two words, follow me. It was you that caused us to lift our eyes from the nets. It was you that caused our hearts to burn. It was you that caused us to throw our nets into the boat and said, we will be fishers of men. Peter, Peter said it was you. It was you who on that same sea, we boarded that ship. We faced, we faced the, the, the raging seas, the wind and the waves that were contrary. It was you that took us to the man of Gadarenes. It was you when Legion came running and spoke out of that man. It was you that liberated him. It was you that sent the pigs. You that sent the pigs into the sea, into that, that, that pit. It was you, Jesus. It was you that healed the sick. It was you. When the four friends took their homie who was sick with the palsy and lifted him up on the roof, it was you when they tore that off and they dropped him into where we were. It was you that didn't just heal him, but you, Jesus, who forgave his sins. It was you. It was you on the way to Jairus' house whose daughter was dead. It was you who was interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood who did nothing but touch the hem of your garment. Jesus, I was there. It was you that made her not just well, but you who made her whole. Jesus, it was you. It was you. When everybody else was excused from the room, and you allowed me to touch the hand of that little girl, Jairus' baby, and it was you that allowed me to just help her rise from, from death to life. You are the Christ. You are Jesus, the Messiah. It was you. It was you when we were fearful behind closed doors. Fearful with the deadbolts. Because we knew the authorities were coming for us. It was you that stepped into the room. It was you that stepped into the room. Who spoke peace to our situation. Jesus, it was you. Who in that moment breathed on us and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. It was you. It was you that commissioned us. It was you that commissioned us and sent us to make disciples of all people. It was you who allowed us with these feeble hands to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It was you, Jesus. It wasn't mommy, it wasn't daddy, it wasn't uncle, it wasn't preacher. It was you. You are the Christ. And Peter had it right. You are, Jesus, all that my soul longs for. Oh, you are, Jesus, like David, all that my soul thirsts for. Oh, God, you are my all in all. You are the all-sufficient one. You are all together lovely, and you are all 
together. Beautiful. And you are my everything. This is Jesus. This is Peter. You are the Christ. And he had it right. And what about you? What about you? Is he your everything? Is he your all-sufficient one? Is he everything that is beautiful and everything that is lovely? Have you found him to be the source of all life, of all joy and all peace? Have you found him to be your all-sufficient one? Have you surrendered all to him? Or is it just something that we do because it's cool on Thursday night sometimes? It's where we fit in. Everybody needs people. They need their people, right? Everybody needs a place to belong. And so we find a group. If it's a youth group, if it's a group at work, common it, we need to belong. If it's a club at school, just want to belong club at university, just trying to belong. What life shield? What life shield? Is it Jesus? Is he your Messiah? Peter, Peter who who walks in such authority as he enters into the city, people stop and say, these are the ones that have been with the Christ. We know because they're acting in, an accord in accordance with a power and authority and a knowledge that is not their own. They've been with Jesus. Peter, the one who they lined up the streets just to maybe perhaps his shadow would pass them so they might be whole. Peter, who allowed Christ to be his all and all. Peter, who so was so intimate with the Lord that he didn't even have to, he didn't have to speak to Jesus. But we see him, we see him as Jesus just gives him a look. He just gives him a look and his heart grieves because he knows he's walking contrary to the will and the purpose of God. Peter, who would one day die for Jesus. But first, he had to live with him. He had to love him and be loved by him. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I would submit that we cannot truly die for Christ if we have not lived with him. And in this house where we so boldly proclaim prayers of revival and prophetic proclamations, this is the move. And I would say that we cannot release revival if we cannot relinquish the desires of this flesh. We cannot live as Christ if we do not first die with Christ. Peter died so he could live. Paul died so he could live. We understand to save this life is to lose this life. For it allows the life of Christ to resurrect by way of the Holy Spirit, these mortal bodies. <clears throat> to live dead to sin and alive to God is to rejoice in this earth, is to laugh with the Savior, is to work hard and enjoy it. It's to often get up early, go to school, and get, put our best foot forward, and often do it with a smile. I know I went from abstract to just practical application really quick. Some of y'all don't know how to respond. To live as Christ is to do everything that my hand finds to do as unto the Lord. It's to show up on time at my job. It's to, it's to be thankful for the job that I have. All these greedy corporations. How dare they ask me to come in and work 40 hours a week and pay me minimum wage. It's a really selfish it's a really selfish perspective because there are countless opportunities for you to go somewhere besides Target and make a whole lot more than minimum wage, which isn't too shabby. It's getting political and I don't know if I what I'm telling you is is the believer. The believer, whatever he finds to do, he do, does it as unto the glory of God. If he's going to cry, he's going to do it as unto the glory of God. If he's, going to, if he's going to work, he's not going to do it and complain. Not the believer. My primary role in the earth is not political. It's spiritual. It's to advocate for Christ. It's to live as Christ. And often that means to die to my political persuasion. Sometimes it means to keep my mouth shut 
about political issues when they're only going to drive a wedge between me and those that I'm trying to win unto the Lord. Let me get back on track. It's to rise to every challenge. It's to charge every giant with courage and with boldness. It's freedom from sin, from bondage, and from self. It is to live without reserve for Jesus Christ. Jesus, the all-sufficient one, the source of all that is beautiful, the fount of life, the reason for being, the alpha and the omega. Oh, the one that, oh, if you could know him, that would thrill your soul. He is the one seated in heavenly places. He who is far above principalities and power, might and dominion in every name that is named. He that is the head over all things and all things under his feet. Talking about this Jesus. He who has made us alive, who was once dead in sin. He who is rich in mercy because of his great love which, which, with which he has loved us. He who is preeminent in all things and in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. Like Peter, we must become dead people. Like Paul, we must become dead people. Those who are dead in the spirit can only be won by those who are dead to the flesh. It was dead men. Dead men like William Carey. Who forge into India. William Carey, who's known as the father of modern missions who gives his life for the Bengalese, who translates the New Testament into the native language, like David Livingston, dead men, who opened inland Africa. One man, one dead man, who opened Africa to the gospel. Three expeditions across that continent, attacked by lions, barely escaping with his life. How did he do it? He lived dead. He said there was one who was a comforter, who walked beside me. Men like Hudson Taylor, who pioneered the mission movement China, like Adoniram Judson and Jim Elliott, dead people. Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Elliott, dead people. David Brannard, I told you about, about, about Goddess Alward, that lady who gave all to go to first to Russia and then to China just a couple weeks ago, dead dead to this flesh and alive unto God. Mary Slessor, Robert Moffat, all dead people. All dead people alive unto God 
alive unto the Spirit of God. And I would submit to you tonight that there is a real ghost. A real holy ghost that can only be seen if you and I die and allow Christ to live. We happen to live uh, around some really creepy places that have a lot of urban legends surrounding them, Crybaby Bridge and all these. And um, I don't know what happened. I was not living my life for the Lord and was certainly wayward. And we were at this covered bridge. And uh, there was probably reasons why I saw what I saw, but... Uh, we, I was taking this group of of guys um, to a this old covered bridge in Gratis, <clears throat> and uh, started just making up stuff. You know, like we got to get out of the car. We got to open all the, we got to open all of the doors, open the hatch, right? And uh, uh, and like these. These handprints these started glowing in the dark and started appearing all over this covered bridge. I don't know if that was Satan himself, if that was his spirits and, you know, demons. Demons are real. I don't know if you know that. but um, Or if it was just the late night, to put it like that. Either way, I tell you, we jumped in that car when we saw, when we saw what we saw. We jumped in that car fast. We didn't have a door closed, and we were taking off. When people see ghosts, there's a response. And when people see the real Holy Ghost, there will be a response. What your university needs to see, dead people. What your high school needs to see, dead people. What your mom and your dad need to see, not you. But you, walking in resurrection power, alive, the power of the Holy Ghost. How do I get there? Like Peter. Live with him. Spend extravagant time with him. Learn of him. Talk to him. We need dead people. The city needs dead people. Our nation is desperate for dead people who will save dead people. Maybe more an exhortation tonight than a sermon. But is he, is he your all-sufficient one? Is he your everything? Are you willing to surrender dreams? I, I, I know your, your futures are well-crafted. 
and you've planned, and you take time and effort to plan every step for the next. You know how many kids you're going to have. You know if he's going to be tall and dark or if he's going to be not tall and dark. You probably know the ladies probably, you probably know what your wedding's going to be like. You know the colors. You probably have a palette. Some of y'all are like, I don't have any of that. I'm wanting to elope. But you've got something and you've got a plan. Are you willing to give those to him? And go wherever his faith, wherever faith might lead you, even if it's, even if it's just here. Are you willing? Amen. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. It's not, we, we want, we want a, we want a hocus pocus moment around an altar where we can just, we can be that thing. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. It's a practice. As the Surrounder was admonishing us, it's a practice and it's a daily practice of being with Jesus. And that's actually liberating. It's liberating to know that you don't have to have somebody come alongside you and say something in your ear. You don't have to you don't have to, to be a, a member at at a specific church with a specific pastor. You you're in a Pentecostal church. This isn't a Catholic one. The veil's been rent from top to bottom, and no one has priority. Every single one in the room has VIP access to the throne room of God. And that is something to celebrate. And it's not about stopping things and and starting things. It's not about trying to stop being a pervert or stop, you know, stop obsessing over this or stop. It's just being with him and all that stuff takes care of itself. The sin that you've had such trouble getting over. Quit trying to get over the sin and start being with him. And let the word do its work. And there are times it'll be mundane and it'll be boring. And there are times it'll be so special and so supernatural and so revelatory in your life. And probably the most important times is when it feels like it's not working at all. And that's when the practice and the discipline keeps you coming back, keeps you coming back, keeps you coming back. And you may not know it, but you're gaining so much spiritual mileage for the kingdom. And he's going to bring people in your path and in your way, and he's going to open doors, and and, and he's going to close, and he's going to do all the things that God does. When we run to him and surrender to him, instead of running to the doors, Instead of running to the opportunities and to the platform, run to Jesus. Let him be your all in all, your all sufficiency. There's an invitation to be with him. Before he ever sent his disciples, he called them to himself. The first call is always to himself. Amen. So tonight, if you're willing to make him your everything, that's just general. If you're willing to do that, 
just want to open these, these altars up and invite you wherever you're at in the room. Let's make an altar. And let's make a brand new dedication to die to this flesh so that he might live. Amen. Move from those seats. Come around these altars. Thanks for listening. If this message blessed you in any way, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with someone. You can follow